and you're listening to Indigo Radio. That's right, everyone. It's Sunday at noon. Deepening understanding and making connections. We are a group of educators seeking to learn through engaging with others in our community and throughout the world. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Look for Indigo Radio. The views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the host and the guest, not the radio station. My name is Becca. I've been teaching up in Springfield, Vermont for six years now, and I'm also faculty in the Spark Teacher Education Institute. Just wanted to let teachers out there know that we will be facilitating collaborative teacher working groups this summer for professional development credits. So make sure to check us out on Facebook, Spark Teacher Education Institute. Today our show is highlighting voices of youth and parents who are working for equity and racial justice in Springfield, Vermont. After the murder of George Floyd, we can see the movement reignited for Black Lives Matters building in the streets. People are done being silent, and especially young people are taking the bold steps to speak out about their experience and demand that things change. Springfield, Vermont is no different. Young people organized a protest here June 5th in which hundreds of people gathered at the People's United Bank. The irony was definitely not missed when you see the large pictures of People's United in the backdrop of um, the protest. So, you know, if only the banks were actually united for people's interests, but that will be a whole nother show. So during this youth-led protest, there were speeches and um, poetry that was shared and chants. The outpour of support was really tremendous. And for that week leading up to the protest, everyone in Springfield was forced to pay attention to the police killings and the protests that swept the country and the world. It is our job to make sure that that conversation continues until some real changes are made for the better of all humans. Black people every day fear for their lives, whether it be from the police or other white violence. And as Natalia, one of the organizers, reminded us, So I would like to dedicate this show to all the amazing and courageous young people who are leading the way for us to build a world in which all people have what they need and therefore are liberated. This is Sweet Honey and the Rock, Ella's song. We will believe in freedom until the killing of black men, black mothers, sons, is as important as the killing of white men, white mothers, sons, we who believe in freedom and not rest. Sing it with me if you like it. We who believe in Older I get, the better 
most of me young people come first they have the courage where we fail and if i can but shed some light i say carry us through the gates we who believe in freedom and our rest hear me talking to you we who Welcome back. You're listening to Indigo Radio on 107.7 FM, Brattleboro's community radio station. Today we're bringing you the voices, the chants, the poetry, the speeches from the Black Lives Matters youth organized protests last week. In the next clip, you're going to hear the amazing words and experiences from three of the organizers, Natalia and Michaela Dorsley and Zoe Avent. No justice! No Peace. No racist police! No racist police! 
is murder. America is always having a form of identification on your person. America is not having an easy answer when white people ask me what's wrong. America is mourning for people I've never met. America is hearing all lives matter and yet seeing black bodies lifeless on TV. America is seeing black and brown people's deaths on national TV with no consequences. America is the land of the white and the home of the rich. America is never walking the street alone. America is not being able to have nerf wars without being shot. America is sleeping with one eye open. America is pointing out lies in history books before my teachers do. America is buying your favorite candy and being seen as a threat at 13 years old. America is not being able to fully trust your friends. America is people constantly saying your name wrong. America is always driving safe no matter who is around. America is walking into a room of important people and seeing nobody who looks like you. America is, wow, you're so exotic. America is, you're very well spoken. America is constantly having to shut up. America is constantly preaching on deaf ears. America is having to demand our rights. America is little girls and boys growing up without their mom or dad. America is little girls and boys questioning the values of their life. Excuse me, questioning the value of their lives. America is violence. America is hate. And most of all, America is a lie. The America I know is not the America I should know. The America I know is not the America my ancestors fought to eradicate. The America I know is not the America that I want to know. To all the people saying, make America great, I say to you, we need to make America great before we can truly make it great again.
Welcome back. You're listening to Indigo Radio on WBEW LP Brattleboro 107.7 FM. Today we are hearing voices from the streets of Springfield, Vermont, as we stood there with about 400 people demanding that Black lives do matter and working to build a world in which all people have what they need. You just heard from Natalia, Michaela, and Zoe, who were some of the organizers of the event. And next, let's go to some of their classmates, Brevin and Peyton. My name is Brevin Legacy. I'm going to talk about white privilege. There was a white man named Sebastian Arzadon who was suspected of a double murder. During his arrest, he was allowed to rest against the police car while the police were tending to his wounds and gave him water. He was suspected of killing innocent lives and was given special treatment. While George Floyd, who was allegedly suspected of having counterfeit money, was murdered. This is a clear representation of white privilege and police brutality. It's one of the many reasons why we're here fighting for black rights today. Because black lives matter. And if you can sit here and say that all lives matter, what you're really saying is that you don't care. Because what you all... When you say all lives matter, you're saying that right now black lives are not being oppressed for the color of their skin. You're saying that black lives are not being criminalized for the color of their skin. And you're saying that black lives are not being murdered for the color of their skin. Stand up like that. When black lives are under attack, what 
The cops could without consequence Not convicted, not depicted like an accident But little cops acquitted all predicted Law enforcement contradicted Head once lifted black and gifted Beautiful and dangerous enough to die Who decides who's dangerous Chess pieces in a violence so systematical It's remarkable when from the margins we grow dialectical Cause it don't matter if her name is Sharice or his name is Michael Every 28 hours the police carves out this cycle From a history so rooted in hate You can trace back the ones who found God In Sunday lynching revivals Survival has always been a covert operation Seeking freedom has always been encoded songs that move the congregation rooted in desperation freedom is a map sung past the master's wife's plantation divination foretold this moment so that the ones with an unwavering unrest who saw no need for postponement and carved out the blues from a pain so deep it was a transatlantic hybrid of mutation that will through jazz found love in souls sweated it out through funk kicked and burned through rock and roll until hip-hop became a latest incarnation <laughs> 
Climbing Poetry, Who Decides? You're listening to Indigo Radio on 107.7 FM, Brattleboro's community radio station. Today we're airing voices from Springfield, Vermont, where high schoolers organized a protest to demand Black Lives Matter and justice for the people who have been murdered by the police. My name is Ricardo Dorsley, but you can also call me Rick, or Ricky as most people do. I want us all to acknowledge how inspiring these young people are. Just sweat and tears kind of work, I hope. 
This isn't about making white people feel unimportant. This is about making sure that we, the people, are united in explaining to our children that systemic racism exists and it is wrong. The riots we're experiencing will not keep happening regularly, but the murders of unarmed black men and women by police are part of the everyday norm that the majority of the nation wants to return to. Ahmaud Aubrey is the norm. Trayvon Martin is the norm. George Floyd is the norm. Breonna Taylor is the norm. Am I also going to be the norm? My children, when does it stop? Advice I gave my daughters this week about organizing today's protest. Run with it. As long as I'm able to, I will support how I can. Don't be nervous about Friday. Accept good results. Expect good results. And make your vision a reality. Mentally prepare yourself to be ready to accept challenges if they come. And to eloquently and peacefully express yourself and your vision. It's not a competition. It's a platform for young people to speak and be heard, too. And that advice works for all of us. Even those that are allies but were afraid to be present, we need to support each other and keep this platform active so that the message of justice for all never fades. For that to be, we have to accept that in order for all lives to matter, black lives must matter. We have to accept that in order for all lives to matter, black lives must matter. These protests are so important right now. The riots are scary, but they will begin to subside. When compared to the horrors of being black in America, over the entire history of the United States of America, though, the Reverend Al Sharpton said just this week, majority of people marching, weren't breaking windows, they were trying to break barriers. Something different. That we need to demand systemic reform. I didn't know George Floyd, but I know who George Floyd is. I am George Floyd, raised by a single mother, loves his three children, a gentle giant in 6'7", a star athlete in high school. I wasn't a star athlete, but maybe some of you are. Many of you are also George Floyd. He died because the system allowed a sworn officer of the law, a man who took an oath, protect and serve to need the life out of him. Today and every day to election day and beyond, together we must persist and endeavor to lift the knee of injustice from our necks. In a lot of ways, what has happened over the last several weeks is challenges and structural problems here in the United States. They've been thrown into high relief. They are the outcomes not just of the immediate moments in time, but they're the result of a long history of slavery and Jim Crow and redlining and institutionalized racism that too often have been the play the original sin of our society. In some ways, as tragic as these past few weeks have been, as difficult and scary and uncertain as they've been, they've also been an incredible opportunity for people to be awakened some of these underlying trends. They offer an opportunity for us all to work together to tackle them. 
to take them on, to change America and make it live up to its highest ideals. Part of what's made me so hopeful is the fact that so many young people have been galvanized and activated and motivated and mobilized because historically so much of the progress that we've made in our society has been because of young people. better. 
when we demand life. We don't just want our voices. We demand our voices to be heard. We don't just want our bodies. We demand our bodies to be alive and respected and loved. We don't just want our minds. We demand that our minds are respected and our ideas and mental health and education is valued instead of mocked. Now we are peacefully demanding peace. We have every right not to be peaceful because peace hasn't changed the pigs or the murderers or the structures in society that chain us to our death sentences from the moment we are born. From the moment we breathe our first breaths, they want us to breathe our last. And yet again, we are the ones being peaceful. We watch our brothers and sisters being beaten by pigs, murdered by KKK members, and tweeted out of existence by our president. And so I'm saying now what black generations have demanded for centuries. We demand change, demand respect, demand love, demand life. Because we shouldn't be the outcast or the hashtags or the news. We should be living. We should be, we should be, we should be. There ain't no power like the power of the people because the power of the people don't stop. Welcome back. You're listening to Indigo Radio on 107.7 FM. You just heard from Ricky and Michaela Dorsley, who were part of organizing the protest, and Taylor Patterson also just spoke. After the protest, I talked to her and her mom, Terry Patterson, about their experiences. I'm here with Terry and Taylor Patterson. Thank you all so much for being on Indigo Radio. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. Taylor, I wanted to start out with you. In your speech that you gave at Friday's protest, you mentioned that going to protests was like a breath of fresh air to you. And I'm wondering if you could say more about what you meant by that. Because most of my life I've been around like a lot of people who didn't support the cause or a bunch of people who are like racist. And just to be able to be around a bunch of people who support the cause and support me and other people of color was really nice for a change. I just finally feel like I'm a part of something and that I can actually make a difference and do something about what's wrong in the world. And what was it like watching Taylor share her experience at the Black Lives Matters protest? That was very emotional as well because it was really hard for her to get up there and speak and tell her story. And I'm really proud that she was able to do that. Taylor, what do you want to see at the high school or what do you want to say to some of your peers? I just want them to be able to focus on the problem and not bring other things that don't 
like relate to the problem just to counteract with the problem at hand because they don't agree with the movement or like what's happening. Mm-hmm. So like the defensiveness, can you think of an example that you've encountered recently? We say it's it was a racial issue and then there's people bringing in, well, what about black on black crime and what about the white people who were killed by the police, which didn't really have anything to do with it. And when someone says black lives matter and they're here, no, all lives matter. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't feel right that they're getting so defensive about us wanting to change what's happening and wanting us to matter. I want them to know how it feels, not in like a way like I wish harm on anyone or anything, but I feel like if they knew what it was like, they wouldn't like think or feel the way they do now. Mm-hmm. So part of that is really listening to you and not trying to argue with you. Yeah. <laughs> anything else you all want to add for our listeners? Um, yeah, I think at the protest that was here in Springfield that um, the girls tell told their personal stories and what they experienced in school. And a lot of people, I think, didn't know that. And it really hit home for them. So I, I think that was a good thing. And I think that, you know, we should continue to talk so more people are aware of what's going on and, and how it makes somebody feel. When Taylor was talking about the resistance that she has felt from her classmates, it made me think of a sign that I saw one of the high schoolers holding during the protest. And it read, racism is so American that when you protest it, people think you're protesting America. But this is really a time where people are coming together. And we saw that in the organizing of this protest, how the parents and other community members really came out in support. Educators must also rise to the challenge of our times and do the work that is so much needed within our schools. Here is a statement from the Equity Working Group, read by Marisa Nielsen, who is a second grade teacher here in Springfield. The Equity Committee of Springfield Schools condemns white supremacy in all its forms. As educators, we work to create equitable and just learning environments for all youth. We know that schools are an inseparable part of our societal system. As such, staff must teach and act against injustice. There is no such thing as being neutral. As we watch black and brown people, including students who could well be our own, be tased, beaten, and incarcerated, We know that systemic racism pervades every aspect of all our lives, in our healthcare, our schooling, and in our housing systems. These are all our students. These are all our families. In a system where people have a right to private property, but not to food or clean water, we stand with people over property. We stand for the humanization of black and brown lives. We stand for the liberation of human beings from a system which values commodities over life. We stand in solidarity with Black Lives Matter. I'd like to play you two clips now of Jen Wazaliko and Nicole Lawad, both teachers at Springfield High School, speaking during the protest. Our society is built on systems of white supremacy, and I have benefited from these systems. I've started to study equity and race with my peers, but I have a lot to learn. First, I have to confront my 
Unfortunately, that's it for today. You've been listening to Indigo Radio on the air every Sunday at noon. We've heard voices from the streets in Springfield, Vermont, demanding that Black Lives Matter and for all people to have what they need. We're going to go out today with James Brown. I'm Black and I'm Proud. Ourselves. We're tired of beating our head against the wall and working with someone else.